The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Hallelujah. Are you glad you came? Celebrate Jesus again. Welcome to the year of life. Amen. And secondly, today is seventh. May the Lord perfect that which concerns you. Amen. Amen. Sit down for a moment, please. Are you glad you came? There are some scriptures I love to read before I get started. And I know you know them by now, right? 1 Kings chapter 10. It says, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Next. And Solomon told her all her questions and there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Say amen. Now, this is the secret behind matters of the heart. We trust the wisdom of God. Let's look at Luke 21, verse 15. Luke 21, verse 15. It says for, let's read from 14 to 15. It says, Certainly, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay, nor resist. Say amen. Matthew 10, 19 to 20. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given to you in that hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of the Father which speaketh in you. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit. I trust you, Father. You said you've given me the tongue of the learned, and I know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. You poured your grace into my lips. And Father, I know, dear Father, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thank you, Father, for answering the questions of your people. In Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Celebrate Jesus, please. All right. I want us to welcome those watching in other states and other nations. Amen. All right. The first question. It says, good evening, sir. We are a newly, wed- newly married couple, like one year old in marriage. By now, all I can remember about my husband are the wrong things he has done to me. And all he can remember about me are the wrong things I've done to him. I really don't know why we feel that way. Thank you, sir. Bevier online, all right? And someone asked. Okay. The first thing I want to let you know is that your love is a kind of love between two of you. See, because according to the Bible, true love keeps no record of wrongs. 
If you're always mindful of the mistakes of your spouse, then you do not really love them. And I'll show you from the Bible. Hallelujah. You're all quiet. It's like you don't like that answer. All right, let's look at the Bible. Because you say, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know love. Let's start. First Corinthians 13, verse 4. First Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love suffers long. How long does love suffer? Okay. And it's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Whenever you're rude to your spouse, you're not acting in love. Does not seek its own. It's not puffed up. Does not seek its own. That means it's not selfish. It's not provoked. Now, give it to me in the Amplified Version. This verse 5. It says, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated in pride. It is not rude or manly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. See, now the reason why two of you are actually remembering only the wrong things, because you're, sorry to say, you're both selfish. And selfishness destroys what it tries to build. It says, does not insist on his own rights or his own way, for it's not self-seeking. No, it is not touchful, touchy or, or fretful or resentful. It takes, watch this, it takes no account of the evil done to it. It takes no account. This is the third time you're doing it. You don't love that person. This is the 15th time you don't love that person. It only shows that you're an accountant. It says, it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to what? To a suffered wrong. We say things like, I, I know how much I love my husband. I know how much I love my wife. You don't. You like them. You like him because he's tall, dark, and handsome. You like her because she has a good shape. He pays no attention to his suffered wrong. So anywhere you find a couple focusing on their faults, their mistakes and their failures they don't love. Anywhere or any marriage where the couple focus on their faults, failures, and mistakes, there is no love.
love thing we talk about is a big thing. And that's why the Bible says God is love. When God forgives you, he never remembers. He doesn't say what you did 1985. He will never remember it. God is our model for love. If you not treat them the way God would treat them in this condition, in this state, you're not acting in love. So in many, times, many cases, there is no love in the first place. There is lust. These same people who quarrel can, can have sex because it's lust. Or deny each other sex because it's still lost. It's hatred. When you're in love, you are quick to forgive. And you're quick to forget the offense. That's what the Bible says. Love suffers long. A woman carries a child for nine months. Many of them go through great difficulty. And they give birth to that child. And they're so happy that this child that took them through difficulty is worth celebrating. That's love. See? So many of us don't know what love is. We think that you love me or I love you rather because you're doing what I like. The Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. Not a few sins. A multitude. I'm not talking of adultery now. I'm talking of the mystics. You can't even forgive adultery. See? First Peter 4, verse 8. It says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another. If you want to know how passionately you love your spouse, it is how quick and how often you forgive. Have you heard the statement, love is blind? Have you heard it? Because love does not focus on the faults and feelings of another. It says, above all things, have feminine love for one another. Why? For love, give it to me, will cover a few sins. Talk to me now, a few sins. So, if you're constantly discussing the faults and failings of one another, then, hey, there's no love there. There's no love. See, there's no love. So two of you have to learn to cultivate true love. And I'll share that with you shortly. But I want to 
make it clear to you that you really don't love one another. A lot of times when people are in a relationship, it's just lost. That's why there's so much uh, sex in their relationships and, and kissing and smooshing and, um, and, um, um, and, um, um, whatever. Um, we, we didn't, we didn't have sex. What people do is not really sex. It's almost sex. It's, it's not sex. We almost got there, but there's a way we did it that is not sex. I don't understand their revelation, but they have their revelation. Nowadays, young people say oral is not. It's sad. A lot of young people because it's lost. No. I'm a virgin. You're a virgin? Yes. We almost got there. When we got to the door, it was orally done. That's how shameful it has become in this generation. If you won't train yourself to walk in genuine pure love now, when you get married, it'll be trouble. See? Because now when you quarrel, the way you said your quarrel is by kissing. So I'm very sorry now. I'm very sorry. <laughs> think, you're, think you're acting those movies. That their marriages don't work. Now, when you get to the marriage now, you've seen everything. You've done everything. So, the kissing, I know it does not work anymore. So, now you're going to be having strife. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Look at this. Hatred stirs up strife. Anywhere you're always quarreling. What does the Bible tell us there? There's hatred. But love does what? Covers how many? My wife is always talking to me anyhow. You don't love her. She's always. Damn, she didn't forgive her the first time. She's always. So you, you see that the reason why they're always focusing on each other's faults. Because they don't love themselves. Number two, they are proud. You see, when you're proud, you always present yourself better than the other person. So you always find fault with the other person. In Proverbs 13 verse 10, the Bible says, by pride comes nothing but strife. But what they well advised is wisdom. See, they are both proud people. So they focus on each other's faults. So what do we do? We have to cultivate 
agape love. How do we cultivate that? So just because some people watch this sometime on YouTube, however, number one, they have to be born again. See, I'm answering the broad note because I believe those people should be Christians, but they have to be born again. When you're born again, you receive what we call the life and nature of God. All right? And the Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 7 to 8, listen to this. It says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and what? And knows God. See? Look at verse 8. It says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the first thing, you have to be born again. And to be born of God is to be born of love. See that? So the first thing is to be born again. If you look at 1 John 3, verse 14. It says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So, when you're born again, you pass from death to life. So, how do we know? We love the brethren. So, number one, they go to born again. Number two, they have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5, verse 5, the Bible says, Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has who was given to us. So now, when you receive the Holy Spirit and start speaking with other tongues, give yourself to talking with tongues. The more you speak in other tongues for a long time, the more loving you will be. Because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of love. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 is a spirit of love. See? So, if you as an individual will speak in tongues for a long time, you'll be more loving. Number three, you need to meditate on the word of God. Because by meditation, we cultivate our spirit. See, we, our spirit becomes stronger as we meditate on the word of God. And one sure sign of a strong spirit is love. The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is what? Is love. You meditate on the word. You meditate on the word. Let me show you something in 1 John 2 from verse 4 to 6. He who says, I know him, does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Next. It says, but whoever keeps his word, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever keeps his word. You, better, you meditate on the word of God. Number four, you have to be a doer of the word. Doing the word has nothing to do with feelings. It is acting on the word of God. You go to work whether you feel like it or not. If you work in the oil industry, you go to work whether you feel like it. And I don't feel like you go to work unless you're very sick. You do the word of God. Number five. You have to practice the love of God. 
And one way you practice the love of God is by being quick to forgive. Forgive your husband. Forgive your wife. All right? Practice the love of God. Number six, you have to pray the following scriptures. Number one, you pray for yourself, Philippians 1 9, and for your spouse. And this I pray that your love may abound see more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Verse 10. It says, verse 10, that you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere without offense the day of Christ. You don't know what to be making the right decisions. Verse 11. It says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ on the glory and praise of God. You'll be doing the right thing. You're making the right decisions. You'll be doing the right thing. Philippians 1.9. Secondly, pray for yourself. First Thessalonians 3 verse 12. It says, and the Lord make you, is praying, the Lord make you to increase and abound in love toward one another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. You pray in the scriptures. That's number six. See? And number seven, be quick to apologize. Be quick to repent. Not only are you quick to forgive in number five, practicing the love of God, treating your, you, you treat your spouse better than the way they deserve when you practice the love of God. Because love, give me Matthew 5, 43 to 44. Love, is the unconditional disposition of goodwill to the undeserving. Love is the unconditional disposition of goodwill to the undeserving. So one way that we know you love your husband or your wife is when as a person you treat them well when they don't deserve it. Because true love is unconditional. Are you following me? So we need to have that ideology in our thinking. I remember when I first heard that a man of God said, the day my wife deserves my love, I don't love her. It struck me like lightning. And I knew that the essence of love is to have a goodwill toward your spouse when they don't deserve it. Are you following me? Love. Look at this. You heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. I heard a minister preaching one time said, sometimes that enemy is your spouse. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. You are a stupid woman. You are a wise man. You are a foolish woman. You are a blessed man. How can the person cause you continuous? But when you give them back, because you're two proud people, somebody has to win. You are a stupid more me, stupid. 
<laughs> if I'm stupid, you know, so you don't grace. You know, you know, you, you give him say me the grace, me the grace. You are a bastard, me bastard. <laughs> you forget say your papa died when you small. You know, like just making sure that the other person suffers more. Bless those who curse you. You're a stupid woman. Oh, sorry, my blessed husband. I said, you're foolish. Oh, honey. You know, you're the best that happened to me. If you ask me, you know, you know curse me back. <laughs> Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. See, true love. See, it's the unconditional disposition of goodwill. To new Hallelujah. Romans 13. Let's begin from verse 9. Okay, begin from verse 8. So they catch it in context. All no one anything except to love one another. So love is an obligation. See, that's why he says, a new commandment I give to you that you have love one to another even as I've loved you. And he says, my niece shall all men know you and disciples if you have love one to another in John 13, 34 to 35. So your marriage is a message to the world. That should be your, your friends should say, if not me, I don't go take that nonsense. You are a real Christian. There's love in that marriage. You mean your wife said that to you and you forgave her? Hey, I cannot forgive her. Person tell me that I go kill him. After I kill him, I go repent. God, they forgive person. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who has loved another has fulfilled the Lord. Next. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not be a false witness. You shall not covet. If, and if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love one another as yourself. Next. Love does no harm to a neighbor. This thing you want to tell your spouse, will it harm them? Will it hurt them? This thing you want to do, will it hurt your spouse? If it does, you don't love them. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. So, if you harm your spouse, either by words, by your tongue, or by your actions, you don't love them. So, the real place where you know whether you love or not is in marriage. Marriage will test your patience. Marriage will test, it will test everything about you to test you. Hallelujah. Are you out there? So, that individual, those are certain things you need to do. See, you, I, I answered it broadly for people who are not born again so that they can understand. They've got to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Meditate on the Word of God, do the Word of God, practice the love of God. Amen. I said, Amen. Then pray Philippians 1 9 and 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12. And number 8, number 7, we said, You must be quick to apologize. See, you must be quick to forgive. Number 8, confess the love of God.
keep on declaring who you are in Christ. Declare who you are in Christ. I'm a lover. I forgive easily. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. Because what you say registers on your spirit. Are you following me? What you say registers on your spirit. All right, next question. Good evening, sir. Praise the living God. I'm happy to chat with you, man of God, Apostle Devali. As I write this, my heart is totally torn apart. I'm asking for, for help to keep me in prayers. My mom is a headache in my life. She forces things that, she, that doesn't make sense. She loves to fight always, and yesterday she was throwing curses on me, which really made me disappointed to have her as a mother. Next. I forgave her, but she still isn't accepting the fact that I was right about what I was saying. She's a controller and unhappy about my life progress, not even happy about my dad supporting me in my future goals. Now, for years, I'm under the same pressure. Thank you, sir. This is from South Sudan. Let's celebrate those from South Sudan. Now, forgiving your mother is right. All right? Now, let me tell you what next you need to do. You need to deal with the spirit at work in her. This is witchcraft. Now, witchcraft is more than flying. Africans know about flying witchcraft. Whenever you do things to manipulate people selfishly for your own agenda, you are being a witch. You hear what I said? Whenever you do things to manipulate, control, or intimidate people, for your own agenda, you are being a witch. That's the way the Bible puts witchcraft. All right. It's like there are many witches here. First Samuel 15. Let us 